Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back. Welcome back to an athlete's journey. I'm your host, Travis Reed. Today I have a special guest, somebody I've been knowing since I was like 14, 15 years old for a long ass time. Um, he's been a he's another one of those uh California legends that uh California, you know, we produced way back then. Like in the 90s, I felt like we produced a gang of them. You know what I'm saying? He play he's still hooping professional overseas, which is insane to me. Cause I, I I ache a little bit getting up out of bed sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I got to man, I got to stretch, warm up my body. <laughs> but he's still hooping professionally, so give him his flowers for that. But he's done it for a long time. He reminds me of uh, like a Clay Thompson, but a six eight Clay Thompson. You know, if Clay Thompson was six, like a mix between Clay Thompson and Scottie Pippen, can shoot it, handle it, pass it, rebound it. Do all those things was just a great player in high school, and obviously his his journey continued to be professional. So please introduce yourself to the people. What's going on, world? Uh, my name is Alex Carcamo. If you don't know me, uh, most of the LA cats would definitely know me because <laughs> I was a gym rat. Like, <laughs> yeah. He hooped everywhere. I play everywhere. You can wake me up at any time of the night, and let's go hoop. Yeah, you know, no, he was I like was I said, real. Real, real hooper. Like I said, I've been knowing him for a long time. Um, and, like, I just enjoyed uh, competing with him, but I just enjoyed him as a friend as well. Um, I appreciate him coming on the show. So let's just get right into it, Alex, man. How, did your, bas- how did your basketball journey start? Man, my basketball journey is weird because I don't think I picked up a ball until, like, I was around 12 or 13, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just one of my friends – was like, yo, let's go play. And I was like, you know, let's go do it. And then I started to realize, like, uh, parents would see talent in me that I guess I didn't see in myself because it was just pure fun, you know, at the mm-hmm. end of the day. And then uh, I want to say around, like, West Side Blazers was probably my first, like, traveling team. I remember and, the West Side. I played with them, too. <laughs> and they, I think they really got my fundamentals to like, you know, where it needed to be. I don't think that they uh, they were ready for like the big, you know, the big tournaments like Slam and Jam or whatnot, mm-hmm. but I feel like they got us ready for what was to come for like high school. And uh, I want to say like after, so my 12th grade year, I kind of played on a, a hurt ankle all season. I was playing with this air cast. And after the season ended, like, I just felt like, you know, my world just changed. I was dunking out. I was just <laughs> healthy. And Rockfish came around. And I put on a show for Rockfish. And then that's when I started to see, like, the scouts, you know, coming out and asking questions. Like, who's this kid? Who's this kid? And uh, after that, you know, I got signed <laughs> with uh, Penn State. Well, first, before Penn State, I, I committed to Arizona State mm. and uh, Bill Frieder got fired or he left. I can't remember which one it was. And uh, I think the coach was like Coach Nelson or something. He continued mm-hmm. the team. 
And they ended up going to like the final eight or something. And he told me he was like, uh, or maybe the Sweet 16, it's been a long time. You probably know better than me because it was Pac-10 back then. <laughs> yeah, and it was yeah. during that time. Well, um, I remember they, they had Mike Batiste. Yes. They had Eddie House. They had this other dude that I think went to the NBA. I know they had like three NBA dudes on the team. They they know? had a squad and they they like came and, you know, recruited and everything. And they were like, yo, you'd be a perfect fit for like what we're dealing with. Plus, you know, everybody used to think me and Mike Batiste were like brothers back then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so it was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. It, it was perfect. And uh, so I thought they were going to give, you know, Nelson the job because he did such a good job and they went with another coach. And, you yeah. know, that coach didn't know me, of course. So, like, my plans really got shot down because I was just thinking ASU, ASU. Mm-hmm. And then I had Penn State uh, offer me a scholarship. And so I kind of took it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. during that time, uh, you know, my father got a heart attack because he was older. You know, Pops was a lot older. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like his first heart attack. And uh, so I kind of had to take care of him. I didn't have nobody else to help me with it. So I had to take care of him. And uh, Penn State was getting frustrated because I wouldn't come and take the placement tests and all of this stuff and I was like yo I can't leave my dad at this stage and they were like uh well what do you want us to do and I'm like uh you know at this point I don't know so uh Marvin Menzies from Santa Monica you know he was always pushing up on me he was like man come over here give us two years and then you know go somewhere else and in my head I wasn't thinking junior college I was thinking you know four years right 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 and so finally, I was just like, you know, let me just go ahead and do SMC because I'm not going to leave my dad at this stage. Mm-hmm. So I told mm-hmm. Penn State, like, you know, it's not going to happen at this point. And they were disappointed, but I was like, you're only thinking about yourself. You're not really thinking about me, and you're not thinking about my family at the end of the day. And uh, ended up going to SMC. That was the first time that I actually like, <laughs> wow, I found out what a coach really was. Cause you know, Yushima was no type of coach. <laughs> coach Mack was like, he didn't care how good you were. He was about respect and about principles. And I was just coming in a hothead thinking <laughs> I was the nicest thing since shoestrings. <laughs> and uh, we had an incident once he was saying no dunking, and I ended up dunking the ball or something on a fast break or something. And he told me to do, he drop and give him like a hundred push-ups. And I was like, hell no, nah, you must. Be <laughs> and he was like, you know, because of that, give me two hundred. I was like, dude, you could you could go up to five hundred, and I'm not giving you five hundred. He was like, so you could you know leave the gym, and I ended up leaving. And uh, Marvin came and like came and talked to me and he was like, man, he was like, he's just trying to show discipline. You can't like out show him in front of the team because then he won't have any respect. And I'm just like, yo, this is wild. Like I get we're doing a drill or whatnot, but I was jumping high at the time. You want me to lay the ball up? It just didn't make sense to me. But I realized, you know, you realize that coaches always got some kind of scheme up their, you know, shoulders or whatnot. And so we had to sit down and we talked. Uh, I ended up red shirting the next year because my dad had his second heart attack. 
but they were very like they were helpful for me like Marvin was always looking out and coach Mack was always calling mm-hmm. and during that uh during that time off I really developed my game and uh when I came back my third my third year I was a monster like mm-hmm. nobody could stop me I think I was averaging like around 25 and like 15 like it, it, like Carcamo became a household name. Everybody was just like, you know, took it to another level. And then I ended up signing with, uh, well, I didn't sign. So I had Cincinnati. I had uh, New Mexico. I had Hawaii. Um, I had Xavier. And the biggest thing, and that was during Kenyon Martin, like they wanted me and Kenyon Martin. And the biggest thing with me was I didn't have, Cincinnati work ethic. So I was real intimidated by Mm -hmm. the work ethic that was shown, like the weight program and everything. Everybody was pushing up like 300 pounds. I was like, you crazy. (laughs) But that's how Bobby Huggins was back then. He was getting them bumped like this swole dudes. And and the crazy thing is like some of my boys went there. So they used to like really talk me into going there. Like Charles Williams. Yeah, that's my boy. He was, like, man, he was like, this is where you need to be at. And I'm like, yo, I don't got that kind of work. Ethic. I'm intimidated. Like, <laughs> this is the biggest thing. But then uh, something big really happened in my life. And uh, I got summons to play on my national team for the first time. Mm-hmm. And while it was a, a, a pro, there's always a con to it. So the biggest thing was I was going to go play because um, – because of the name my dad had in the country for so long. Mm -hmm. But what happened was I was going to be investigated for taking money because it's a national, you know, it's a national game and they knew that they were paying money. So Huggins fell off because I had to sit out 10 games. Okay. And a lot of the other uh, colleges had fallen off and two colleges stayed with me throughout the whole you know, investigation. It was Weber State and Eastern Washington okay. University. So I ended up, you know, I stuck with my guns. I ended up playing for my national team in uh, 1998, mm-hmm. and I won a gold medal. You know, it was my first gold medal ever. Like I wasn't, I was never thinking gold medal. I was just thinking, you know, championships and trophies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to get my first medal, it meant the world to me. It didn't. It didn't matter that. I had to sit out 10 games. I felt like I accomplished something bigger than just, you know, a national championship NCAA. And uh, so I ended up going to Eastern, but get this, I picked Eastern only because they were red. That was the only reason. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to play in no purple uniform. I was like, I can't do it. Probably because of y'all. Might have been because of y'all and what y'all did to us. Purple was not my color. No, I got you, man. I got you, bro. <laughs> so I ended up going to Eastern, and uh, my first my first year, I had to sit out the first ten games, mm-hmm. and uh, I ended up like I ended up playing, but it wasn't like how I expected it. It was too too much Hoosier basketball for me. Like mm-hmm. pass, 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 cut. Like he didn't let me go. So he like kind of lied to me throughout the whole like you know the recruitment stage or whatnot, and I started like, to see yeah. that. 
And after my uh, after my junior year, I decided I didn't want to I didn't want to play for him anymore. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like forgave up my uh, scholarship, stayed in. Well, they actually let me keep it because the athletic director really liked me or whatnot, and he didn't understand why I had left. And uh, man, I, I think I had the most fun that senior year. I played everything intramurals from baseball to basketball to football <laughs> soccer i was just having a time of my life on campus and still working towards my degree and during that time i uh i met with like a traveling team and they were called nbc thunder mm. and the biggest reason why i wanted to join the team was because we played eastern washington so i really wanted to play them and uh but i i got so many connections from NBC Thunder, dude. Like, they were located in Spokane, Washington. And uh, I met with so many different agents from, like, overseas because mm-hmm. of it. And this is this I, is after you, you left for your senior year school. I mean, you left for your junior year school, right? Yeah, yeah. I was still in school in uh, Eastern Washington my hey, senior hey. year. But okay. I was playing with NBC Thunder – like going to different colleges, like we played Kentucky, we played uh, we played Hawaii, we played Eastern Washington, um, who else? We played Gonzaga. Um, it was like oh Clemson, we played Clemson, okay. and uh, man, it was one other team I can't remember, but that's where I got my exposure, like because mm. I was going over there putting up numbers. And then my athletic director would see this and be like, why are you not with us? <laughs> and I told him, I said, it's more about principle than anything. I was like, I'm destined to play basketball. I know this. I'm not going to make this coach keep on looking good because he's not he's not a good person. You know, and I felt that in my heart. And so... We ended up playing Eastern Washington, and he told the he told the coach, "If Alex steps on the floor, I'll pull off my team." So I was warming up, and uh, the coach pulled me to the side and was like, "You can't play because he's saying that uh, if you play, that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna take his team and walk off because it was just an exhibition game, right?" Right, right, but right, right, right. Everybody knew me on campus, so the gym was like pat, pat, pat. So I got pissed. We went into the locker room, you know, after you warm up, you go into the locker room and you come back out. Right. We went to the locker room and he told me, the coach was like, did you think I really wasn't going to let you play? I was like, wait, I'm playing? And he was like, yeah, I want to see him pull his team off the floor. So we we came back out. I sat on the bench and they were all warming up. And then the starting five came on the bench and he was like, okay, now you're in. Took off my stuff and walked onto the floor to see what he would do. And we pulled his card. He, he, of course, he played. We ended up beating them, and I think I had like thirty-two. That <laughs> so, he, had, so you didn't. He just didn't start you. You came off the bench, and he, he ended up playing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That okay. was like that was like oh man, that was so much. You know, when you're always looking for that revenge. Yeah. That was that was it right there. Okay. Okay. And then okay. after I finished, after like basketball season finished, then I was I started talking to like different um countries. 
And I ended up going to uh, Portugal my first year. Okay. It was, it was wild because I didn't play my senior year. They were skeptical. They didn't know like how I was. They're like, it's your first time over. Um, so we don't have a lot of money to offer. And I was like, it's not even about the money at this point. It's about, wherever you put me, I'm going to shine. So if I need to start here, that's cool. And then I'll play elsewhere. And it's funny because I was the only American on my team while every other team had two Americans. And we ended up going to the championship, but we lost in the championship. They they overpowered us. I needed one more, one more guy we could have, you know, won it. But after yeah. I won the championship, they moved me up to um the professional level in uh in Portugal. And that was nice just to get that uh that experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, man, from then on, I just I went everywhere. At that point, I played in China for three years, played in Korea for two, played in Israel for six, played in Argentina for six. <laughs> so your career is like literally like twenty years almost. I so right now because I'm still playing, which is crazy because I, I can't even explain how I'm doing it. Right. They put it at 25, but I don't really believe that because uh, two times, like I'm not even playing a full season here. I'm just playing all the important games, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to go play playoffs. Oh, okay. So you, you're you basically a ringer. You just yeah. play- <laughs> I'm pretty much like a player coach, but I'm actually on the floor, and I'm actually playing like 20-plus minutes. So mm-hmm. it's different, and because – and, and the only reason why I'm really playing trap is because it's Belize. You realize I'm Belizean, and so I can play as a local there. And the biggest thing was I was trying to get my country to uh, step up the competition. That so makes sense. That That's the only reason why I came out there. Me dunking the ball now, that's some fictitious stuff because – I don't know where that's coming from. Like (laughs) I'm hooping, but it's not like, I don't want people thinking like, oh, he could still go to like other countries and play. No, I'm just, I'm doing this for my country because I want us to, you know, step our competition up, step our level up because we got some good Americans over there. Mm -hmm. But if you go show a game of Belize tapes to another scout, they're going to laugh at it. They're not going to take it serious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that that's what I'm doing right now is trying to make the league better. That makes sense. But yeah, they put it at 25 years. I would say it's probably like legit. I was at my 18th year when I like literally retired at 39. Okay. Well, I mean, still 18 is a long ass time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm I agree. So. You know what I'm saying? I, so, yeah, I, you know, like not too many people even get to 18, let alone, you know, 20-something. And even, even if you're hooping in that league, you know, it's like, look, I, full disclosure, people, I pulled a calf muscle playing in a, an adult league a couple of weeks ago. So, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, you the fact that you're hooping is, man, that's, that's a blessing, man, straight up. We're going to rewind a little bit. And kind okay. of, you know, catch, you know, obviously you got your story of like, you know, everything in a, in a nutshell, but did you, um, were you interested in playing any other sports before you started hooping? Uh, so I love football. 
I had uh, a month of football at Hamilton playing quarterback. Okay. I I like baseball too, but playing it and it was it was more for fun. Like I felt like basketball was my calling at some point, right. but I did love football too. You know, that was that would probably would have been my second love. Okay. Yeah. No, I got you. Um, obviously, football and baseball. Are sweet. I play a little bit of football. I play all the way up junior high, and then at Crenshaw, I got hit in the leg. I was like, oh, that was stop. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. yeah, I was saying, like, he hit me so hard, I thought he tore my ACL. And I was like, oh, man. Nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. You know, then basketball, all right, here we come. You know what I'm saying? Just, just stick with that. They uh, they made me choose. They made me choose at Hamilton. Ah, uh, okay. They made you they choose at like, Hamilton. Yeah, they were like, I was like, football was fun. Basketball was where I was trying to get. But right. they were like, nah, because if you get hurt, that's, you know, you're a big part of our team. That would right. be detrimental. And I'm like, how come other people could play two different sports, you know? But at the end of the day, I as long as I was still playing, I was still playing on the weekends and whatnot. All right, 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 right. I got fun. you. I got you. So, okay. Now... Obviously, you play football, you know, a bit of baseball. And obviously, AAU with the West Side Blazers that got you to Rockfish, that got you to college. Yeah. Um, so what made you choose Hamilton as far as the high Man, school? So I went to Palisades first. Yeah, I think I remember I went, that. I went to Palisades because of my cousins, because of Olin and Kashan and – uh Olin and Coach Polino had a huge falling out uh, one game, and he just stopped picking us up, like, <laughs> stopped picking us up. And I'm like, how do you expect me to get from Culver City to Palisades? Please explain that. I wasn't, like, catching no bus. And then <laughs> he, was, he was always picking us up. And uh, my dad was like, yo, maybe you just go to the school right close to you. And I'm like, Damn, Hamilton really like <laughs> the only thing good about Hamilton at that time was Marlon Garnett. There right. was no like we weren't known on the to play at we were the laughing stock, right? We were like uni. Hamilton <laughs> <and> uni <laughs> was like easy games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember uni. I remember university. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, man. So I went there, but I was like, you know what? I, I had uh, Bobby Kasai, and I had Saks, and we were all at Blazers at the time. So it didn't feel like too much of a difference. Plus, Bobby was like my best friend anyway, so we were. it was easy to make that decision. And uh, when I went over there, it was just a – it was a learning curve because we didn't really have a coach like that. Uh, our assistant <laughs> coach, Grady, uh, rest in peace, was probably the best thing that happened to us because what he used to do was open the gym uh, Thursday nights and Sunday nights and all the pros would come play. And the same thing that you guys were doing uh, at UCLA where you had your own UCLA team, mm -hmm. we had our own Hamilton team playing against mm. these guys. Mm -hmm. So that really like helped me and made me understand the game a lot faster because playing against Chris Mills, playing against Tracy Mills, playing against 
uh, Esteban. Like, it was so much talent out there, and it was just wild to me. Like, uh, that really helped us because uh, that's the way our team became so good in the 12th. Okay. Our senior year was like, everybody was like, what has happened to Hamilton at this point? Like, they became a powerhouse. Well, I tell you this, uh, speaking from that, like I said, but that's when I first seen Hamilton was uh, my my sophomore year, Emmanuel. And no, I remember people was like, no, Hamilton is legit. They like talent wise, they're just as good as Crenshaw, you yeah. know. And then I was like, really? And then when we played y'all. I was like, no, they're just as good as Crenshaw, talent wise. Yeah, everybody, everybody was. Uh, we were we were a big talk because I tell you, our my biggest. Maybe I should wait because you might ask that question. So I'm gonna just wait on that. Okay, okay, but no, I remember. Like I said, we beat y'all. We shocked everybody. Beat y'all, Manuel. Was like. Yes, and then we shocked y'all the last game of the season to get into the playoffs. We got in. Uh... <laughs> you, guys got, you guys got a good seed. We went into overtime. God dang. We went into overtime. Yep, yep, and, yep. And the crazy thing is, it's crazy because they. I guess they still didn't respect us. And, and like, it got to that point where it was like, okay, we lost to you guys that last game. And we were seated 22 <laughs> out, of, out of the year that we had. We right. were seated 22. And I'm like, damn, you got to be kidding me. But that wasn't even, it, we didn't even care. You know what? We were like, whatever the seed is, we going to make it back up. But man, I'll tell you what happened. That week, I got sick. Uh-huh. And I told Coach, we were, we were about to play Fremont. And I told Coach, I was like, maybe I should, you know, stay home and uh rest and he was like no i need you here and i literally got the whole team sick <laughs> oh my that god game against fremont me and bobby were on the sideline on oxygen tanks oh wow yeah it was really bad like when i say we were sick sick i was sick as a dog okay. and i was just like man like out of all the out of all the time of the year, you want to get me sick right now when we we're about to make a, we were about to make a statement that year. Right. No, I, look, I thought and this was my opinion. I was like, Shh, like it's going to be them and Crenshaw in the final and then whatever happens, happens kind of thing in, yeah. the, in, the, in the city. You know what I'm saying? But I thought for sure it'd be y'all and Crenshaw and obviously Crenshaw beat, I don't know who they beat in the city championship. I think it was, I think it was Westchester, but well, I'm not sure. Fairfax. It might've been Fairfax. It might've been Fairfax. Fairfax. I don't remember. Yeah. Fairfax was good. They beat us. So I remember that they were good too. So, um, but yeah. So like I said, y'all was super talented that, that, that year is super duper talented. Yeah. Um, what would you say? Like, obviously growing up, going to Hamilton and doing those things, what would you say your most memorable moment in high school was? Uh, there was. See, <laughs> my most memorable moment is losing to Westchester by 60 oh. our 11th grade year. Oh, wow. Okay. We lost to them by 60 our 11th grade year at our house. And then our senior year, we beat them by two points at their house mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. exact same team. 
Mm-hmm. 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 That, that will always be my memorable moment because Westchester was such a such a household name everywhere, you know. And no, that was I, just, that was huge for us. That no, let me you. know that we were legit. That, yeah. yeah, we were legit that that senior year. I got you. I got you. So Obviously, you you know, you you get recruited by, you know, everything that happened, you know, Arizona State, and that happened. Penn, like you had been through it already, right? Yeah. And uh like when you finally got to Eastern Washington, uh, what would you say? Well, I would say from Santa, let's just go to back to Santa Monica. What would you remember what do you remember about your most about your first year in college? My first year. I felt like uh, I felt like I was the Toby Bailey of that team, if you know what I mean. You know, his freshman year, he wasn't the focal point, but he was super nice. Right. I right, definitely right, right, right. wasn't the focal point. You had to worry about Damon Ali. You I remember Big Damon. You had to worry about so many people, and it wasn't me, but mm-hmm. I was that dude that could give you – 15 to 20 points and then you're looking on the stat sheet like you didn't say nothing about him on the <laughs> so it, it was exciting we we ended up going to the final four um and then we lost to uh what's the name of that school uh bennett davison i'll never forget it wow okay okay i think it was harvard was it man i can't remember the name of the school I can't remember. I just remember him, and he ended up going to Arizona. I never forget. No, it. I remember Benny Davidson. He was my one of my hosts at at Arizona. Yeah, had super hops. Forward. Oh my lord, dude! Yeah, I remember him, dude. I remember him because he was K. He was the dude like uh, Mike Bieber used to throw them half court lobs. Yes. Like, who- this is- so they used to have a play. I can't remember the I want to say Westlake, but I feel like that's high school. Like I can't remember the name of the I can't remember remember the, remember the name of his team, but mm-hmm. they had this play every single time he would dunk the ball on this one play. And I'm like, can we stop it, please? <laughs> this dude had so much hops in high school. Yep, was, yep. Yeah, he had a hop, he had a hop, he had a hop in college. Yeah, like, I know. We, we was like, our coach used to be like, all right, big man, you know, like uh, Travis, you know, JR, yeah. whoever else, like, look, you better sprint your butt back because they will throw it. He'll th- might maybe a throw from anywhere. That was like in the Scott report. We'll Trav, throw live everywhere. I, I, was, I was on this dude so much that when he went to Arizona – and I was telling people, I was like, yo, Arizona's about to win the championship. They're like, how could you say that? I was like, I don't care what nobody's saying. I know nobody is talking about Arizona because nobody was really talking about that Arizona team. That was That's like true. sneaky. I was like, but I know Bennett Davidson. And I was like, this dude is just a winner. Like, this is the only thing he knows. I think he won in high school mm-hmm. yeah, a championship. He won in college a championship. And it, it, and uh, he won JC and he won national championship. I'm like, this oh, dude. He, he won. And when I played against him again, he was in Italy. Uh, and he won over there? Yeah, his team was real nice over there. I, don't, I think, I don't know if they won a championship, but they were really good. Yeah, he played see, him that, in the uh, FIBA Cup. 
Yeah, that dude, I mean, he was just, he was a problem. No, no, he was, no, he was super athletic. I remember him. He, he was, was a problem. Like, two, two people that really stand out to me was him and when I got to uh, Eastern Washington. And we. the funny thing is we would have played together. His name was Harold Arsenal. Hmm. This dude, and, and so you might not remember him, but uh, that same year, so we played Weber State for the conference championship. If we would have went in, we would have ended up playing Duke first round and probably getting blasted. But because <laughs> they beat us in four overtimes okay. in the conference championship, they beat us in four overtimes. They ended up playing North Carolina first round and they beat them. What? And Harold Arsenal had, I want to say he had 37. And then they ended up playing Florida. And they went, I, if I remember correctly, they either went to one overtime or two overtimes. And he was on another pace for like 30-something. And he fouled out of the game. And that's the reason why they lost. Had he continued, I kid you not, he might have been the best college player that year oh wow okay you gotta okay. look you gotta look him up harold arsenal like harold arsenal okay okay i would look it up now you know he was a monster he had these shoulders like this bounce out of the gym and, <laughs> and that was the first coach that ever taught me about a stretch four okay this is what he this is what he was recruiting me for me and Harold, he was like, I want you to play a stretch four, though, because all I knew was three. I only knew the three positions. You're telling me four. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like, <laughs> I was handling the ball and doing everything. I was like, so he was like a stretch four. But you know what's funny is uh, I ended up winning a, another gold medal with that coach years later okay 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 he was super happy rick um what's his name uh god i can't remember his name ab abigail abligan abligan rick abligan okay okay and uh he was like i finally get you now i finally get to coach you and see what it's all about i was like you know what whatever's meant to be is meant to be but it was it was a lot of fun man that's good what would you say your biggest lesson you learned in college uh, biggest lesson I learned is the coaches don't really care about you. <laughs> they care about they care about their well being. They'll say anything to get you there, but I feel like if they really, you know, uh, if they really cared about you, they wouldn't put you in certain situations. Right. Of course. Of course. I think that I think that's the biggest thing that I learned. And also, I don't believe that college gets you ready for the pro level. Hmm, interesting. Why you say that? So, because everything is so fast-paced, right? And it's all about um, up and down, up and down, up and down. I feel like, and this might this might shock you, but because you guys played against the pros since freshman year. Mm -hmm. and it was just you guys playing. If you think about all the guys that leave their first year and second year, they've all been playing with these pros from that time. 
And it's like getting you ready. Now you're seasoned and you know what it takes to play in that level, even though they're not playing at their hardest, of course, because it's summer league. But, you know, those were some really good games and a lot of shit talking. So some people took it real serious. And I feel like that's what gets you ready for the pro level. Mm -hmm. The college, like, look how many great college players there were, and then they didn't succeed in the NBA. True. There's there there's got to be some truth to that that a lot of people probably don't think about. But when you look at our all of your UCLA guys that mm-hmm. have been in the league and that have stuck in the league, mm-hmm. I really believe it's because of that because you've played with these guys from your from your freshman year all the way to whenever you're about to leave. Mm-hmm. That actually makes sense. It, at that time, it was probably. Five, five, four, five, four, five that stuck around for a long time. Matt stuck around. Yeah. Uh played 16. Earl played like 15. Baron played like 12. Dan played like 10 or 11. But um, when, when we talk about Matt, Matt wasn't even a focal point at UCLA. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he just he just shot up. It's like and this is how I feel like my career was. Mm-hmm. Like how Matt was like, we, we weren't those focal points, but we wanted to get better. And we put in that time mm-hmm. and that's what, you know, you shot out and he did what needed to be done where other guys were probably thinking I'm going to get in scoring or I'm going to get in this. Matt got in playing defense and then showed he could score. Yep. No, no, definitely. He, he was a scorer in high school. He yeah. wasn't really in the defender. Even when he was at UCLA, he just played, you know, he just played. And then when he got to the NBA, he became a great defender, a hustling yeah. guy who a glue guy. And like I said, he stuck. Um, so like I said, like he's been a worker, like I said, you know, from the from the beginning. And he stuck. Yeah. He's the only one of us that got a championship. Well, Jelani got two championships, but um, man, Matt got the championship too with Golden State. So um now obviously you're at East Washington, you finish, right? Yeah. Now were you thinking like you knew that you was going to go play overseas from the jump or did you think about anything else? Yeah. So, I mean, of course, our, all of our dreams is the NBA, and, of course. but I feel like because I didn't play my senior year, that kind of hurt my chances, right. but I was always told like, if they if it's meant to be, you know, it's meant to be, they'll come and find you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, after, after my first year uh, in Portugal, I had came back out and played in the Drew and was playing, you know, the, with the pros in the summertime. And uh, a team from China saw me and they wanted me to come out and, you know, do like a a, a camp in China to get drafted, like right. a draft camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up doing that. And I was the second... I was drafted second uh, out of like, man, I couldn't tell you how how many people. Uh, But I ended up going to China and I was on the number one team. And I got summons by my national team again. This was the second time I was going. So China gave me permission to leave. I ended up leaving. I ended up winning another gold medal Mm -hmm. and uh my 
my the team in Belize didn't send me back. Wow. So I was like, what do you mean? Like, how am I supposed to get back? Right. So uh the team in China was like, uh, when are you coming back? You know, because we were just in preseason or whatnot. And uh I finally got back. Um some some guys put some money together, got me back. And uh when I got back, I got traded. I got traded to an expansion team. And man, this team was so bad when I say this. <laughs> it was like pure punishment. Like I did everything I possibly could. I, I literally averaged between 32 and 35 that year. <laughs> you averaged about 30, 35 a game? Every game. I played Yao Ming. I played Yao Ming. I had 49 and 36. I played Wang Zhuzhu. I had 52 and 55. I uh man, I played I played by tier. I don't know if you remember by tier. He played with the Clippers. It was another Chinese dude that they had. I had 69 against them. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I was putting up like crazy, crazy numbers, right? Because I felt like it. Usually they had a big and then they had a guard. And I was that, you know, big guard. So I, w I could just pretty much do whatever. And my shot was still, you know, it's always been lights out from mid-range. Like right. everybody knew that about me. And uh, man, I put up so much numbers and didn't make the All-Star game. You're averaging 36 a game and you don't make the All-Star game? They brought me in for a dunk contest. And let me tell you what I did. <laughs> I, I did the first round dunk contest and I already knew I was going to win because they didn't have anybody that was jumping like me at that time. And I had some crazy tricks up my sleeve. And uh, the finals, I didn't show up. I went back to my hotel and was watching it on uh, on TV. And I heard them like call my name, Alex Karkamu. And I'm like, Fuck me. I'm like, fuck y'all. You're not going to put me in an all-star game, but you want me to dunk like I'm your monkey or something. I'm like, nah, dude. <laughs> I was wow. like, no way. No way. But the next year, I ended up going with uh, the number two team, and I ended up winning a championship over there. Okay. And then I stayed another year, and uh, I just didn't like China, man. I couldn't deal with China. <laughs> Why is that? You didn't like the food? What was it? The food. I couldn't deal with the food. I couldn't deal with the people's hygiene. Like, it just was not a place for me, man. An L.A. boy like that. And I had done I had done it three years. And I was like, you know what? It's time to, like, move on. And uh, I ended up going to Korea. Okay. Okay. Korea was nice. Korea was so nice. Like, loved everything about it. And then after Korea... That's when the whole NBA thing kind of started. Okay. Uh, Mitchell Butler was the first person to, because I guess Mitch liked my game so much. He literally reached out to Rick Adelman um, with the Kings and was like, I just want you to give this cat a try and see what you think. And uh, I ended up going to like a mini camp. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, yo, we want you to come back to LA with us. But when you come back, you're staying with us at the hotel. We don't want you staying at your house. And they're like, we want you a part of the summer league team. So I was like, okay, cool. And it was just me and Gerald Wallace. 
That's uh, all that was there. Because this is when they were trying to make uh, Turgaloo a point guard. Right, 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 right. So it was just me and Gerald. And uh, no disrespect to Gerald, but I I used to give it to him. In <laughs> I, we would go back and forth, back and forth. And, and he was uh, a defender. Like, he was known as a defender. But he could jump. Just like I could jump, but I could shoot. There was the big difference. <laughs> and uh, we ended up going. And they would just give me little burn. And the little burn that I would get, I would give some kind of highlight film. And then one game, I finally had my breakout. He he was injured. He had like a twisted ankle or something. And we played the Lakers. And uh, I had like 20 and 10. And, you know, this is home crowd. Everybody's seeing me. Everybody's pumping me up now. Like, Al, you're about to make the team. Like, for sure you're about to make the team or somebody else is going to pick you up. Right, 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 right. And I didn't see the floor for the next three games. Not at, one minute. Not after, one at, After the 2010 game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gerald came back and – uh and then Coach Ellison pulled me to the side and he said, yo, man, he was like, first of all, I got to say, you surprised everybody in the uh, organization. Nobody even knew who you were and uh, how you played. He was like, but he was like, this is a political game. And we would look super stupid if we said we made a mistake and we mm -hmm. didn't take you. And he was like, so it's more like we're protecting our image. He was like, but there's no doubt that I will see you in the league one day. And I didn't really care because it was just getting my foot in the door. I never thought like, oh, I'm about to make the league right now. I was just right. thinking like, let me get my foot in the door. Let mm -hmm. people know who I am. And then it'll be different. So the next year, I, I ended up going uh, back to Korea. Mm -hmm. And then I, I came back and uh, Larry Brown was my, um, he was my, in Korea, you have to go do tryouts. So he was my coach during those tryouts. And Larry Brown loved my game. So he was like, I want to bring you to, you know, camp. And I was like, oh, sweet. Like, <laughs> I was like, here, here we go again, right? So was this in Philly? Or this, this was in Philly, yeah. He okay, was in yeah. Philly during Iverson, during uh, during all those kind of air snow or whatnot, and uh, played summer league, played good, and I they literally came to me, Trav, and said, "You know what? We're going to sign you." This was Monday. They were like, "We're going to sign you," and I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" Like I'm calling my dad, and uh, you know we're excited, and then. Wednesday came and they called me in the office and they were like, uh, Alex, we have to send you home. And I'm like, what, what happened? What did I do? And they're like, you didn't do nothing. Larry Brown was the one who told me, he was like, he was like, your mom is dying of cancer and we need to get you back home ASAP because she might not make it. Uh, so they put me on a private jet, flew me home and I got to the hospital literally coming off of the uh, elevator and my brother meets me at the uh, elevator and lets me know like mom is dying. So I walked in to her, like her body convulsing. I didn't even get to 
you know, say anything to her. And that kind of put me in like a depression stage because mm-hmm. it was just frustrating. Like this was my opportunity. And as you see, I've had a lot of opportunity and this would always happen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop there, though, because <laughs> my career is just nothing but ups and downs. Right. So uh, I I pretty much sat out for like six months. And then I got a call from um, Kermit Washington. And um, Kermit Washington hit me up and said, I want to bring you out to um, I want to bring you out to Portland. And he said, but hold on, let me get on another call with another guy. Who was it? Rick Barry. Rick Barry and Kermit Washington took me under their wing and they brought me to Portland. And I was literally working out for GMs, coaches in this one facility. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, he's definitely got everything that a coach could look for. I wanted to go back with Larry Brown, of course, because I just felt like that was my fit. Right. And Red Auerbach was like, we will sign him. He doesn't need to do anything. We're going to sign him. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. But what I didn't like was the fact that Milton Palacio from Belize already played with the Celtics. Marlon Garnett from Belize already played with the Celtics. So I just felt like I was following in a footstep. Plus, it was Paul Pierce, and, you know, we were tight like that. Paul loved me. So it was like, okay, cool. And uh, we go into vet camp. And I literally went up for a layup. (laughs) And when I came down, I broke 20 – I shattered – 23 bone in my foot. Damn. Just on some freak shit. Like I was literally going up for a layup, came down, and I couldn't even put pressure on the foot. Like I didn't even know what had happened. So I go in, you know, get treatment or whatnot, and I can't do anything. You know, the one thing about a foot injury is there's no timetable. That's the worst thing about a foot injury is there, there's really no timetable to when I was coming back. So before I even signed, they released me. And I was just like, God, you got to be kidding me. So I go back to China. And while I'm in China, they tell me I can't play anymore because at that time you were only allowed three years. And then you had to move on they wouldn't have let you play as many years as possible. In China, so, you're only allowed to play three years with in a whole league? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's during, crazy. During that time, yeah. Because imagine, if I could have played, I probably would have stayed in China or went back to China. But at that time, they, they had a rule, only three years, and then, you know, they're bringing in other people. So, uh, so I ended up going to Israel, finally. I went to Israel and then I played as a Israeli because of my Bosman, <laughs> the Bosman C. And uh, I went to, my first team was Rishon and I did not like the coach at all. Like he just, I was like, why would you grab me from China if you weren't going to play me? Like it didn't make no sense. Right. And uh, 
and I knew I, I was better than a lot of the players because people were coming up to me like, why aren't you playing or whatnot? So I told him, I said, look, if you're not going to play me, release me. Let me go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So it, I had like three other teams I could have went to in Israel, and I chose the worst team in the league. <laughs> I chose the worst team because I had dealt with it before, and I was like, if I can make this team good, now I make a name for myself. We ended up we ended up being a, actually a really good team because we beat them. I beat my old team. Uh, we were beating everybody. We ended up winning like 10 games in the second half, and we came up one game short of the playoffs when we weren't even projected to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But after that, they took the Bosman C out. Ah, and yeah. After they took the Bosman C out, it was like I wasn't an American at the end of the day. Like they were like, ah, nah, you're Bosman C. So we go go somewhere else and pick somebody else up. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. So I ended up going back home and uh, went to the Philippines. And then, well, before the Philippines, you know, when we had battlegrounds in LA. The one on one thing, yeah. Yeah, but we also had the five on five, too. Oh. Because I, I remember the one-on-one -on -one Aaron Maxey won it. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then in the five-on-five, five, we ended up playing in the championship. And uh, I took a charge, and I broke my hand taking a oh, charge. Oh. It's and just like, tried. it's like something. It's always something, bro. Everything, dude. So, but you know what? I, I realized in life, if there are no ups and downs, Trav, like, you know how your heartbeat, is, you know, goes yeah. like this? If you ain't got that, you're not living, dude. Because everything that I've gone through has made me stronger up until now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, it, I, I would, I would hate for somebody to say that they didn't have any uh, adversity, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah getting true. to where you're trying to get to. And so I had signed with Phil, uh, with the Philippines, but now I broke my hand and I didn't want to tell them. So. <laughs> I played with a, I played with an invisible cast that a doctor made for me. Mm -hmm. I every time I was around people, I would take it off. But in the game, I would play with it. And I was putting up like 17, 18 points a game. But then they found out that I that something was wrong with me. And I told them, I was like, listen, I, I, I've been like this for almost, you know, uh, two months. Right. I was like, give me till the end of this month. Because I saw what the league was like. I was like, give me till the end of this month and we'll win the championship. I was like, I guarantee you this because I knew what I was capable of doing. I didn't think the Philippines was a good league compared to what I've been playing. Right. I was like, I will, I'll dominate this league for sure. And uh, they were like, because you play three games a week, they're like, three games can make a big difference in this league. And so they're like, nah, we're going to send you home. That was the first time I ever got sent home. But it wasn't because of skill. It was because of this situation. The and then you played 18 games with a broken hand, yeah. <laughs> I, that was the thing. Like, I was like, just give me, you know, three more games. I'd probably be good. Um, so I ended up going to – I ended up going back to Israel. But a second division team picked me up and they were like, um, if we win the championship, we're going up to the first league. And that's our only goal is to go up to the first league. 
So I was like, okay, cool. I'll come play with you guys. We ended up winning the championship, of course. And then they decided they wanted to stay one more season in the second league. And I was like, nah. I was like, I'm not a second division player. As you see, I dominated this shit and we won like we were supposed to. I, I didn't think we were going to lose at all. Like mm-hmm. that was never, I was like, we win this championship, we go up to the first league. If this is how I need to get to the first league. Well, the the owner of the team didn't like this, that I wanted to leave. He wanted me to stay. And because he was such a money man, he made so many fabricated rules, uh, like bullshit stuff. Like all I did was party, all I do, drugs and all of this. Now, this was never my character. Oh, he was spreading rumors to different people. Different, spreading yeah. all kind of rumors. And, be, and if you're a money man in Israel, all they're going to do is listen to you. They don't care about the outcome or what you did on the floor. It was just like, oh, you don't want to deal with this guy. <laughs> and so after winning a championship, I couldn't get a job for like seven months. I was literally like on my brother's floor because all the money was like being depleted. And uh, so after that, um, a team finally was like, I want you uh, to save us from going down to the uh, third division, right? And they were like, and we don't care about your, your antics off the floor. And I'm like, what? What kind of you know rumors have been spread? <laughs> I ended up going there, and uh, we literally came up uh, two games short of the championship. I took them to the playoffs. Uh, we went far in the playoffs, and because they were they were the ones that let me clear my name, I stayed another season with them. Okay. And uh, we ended up going to the finals and won a championship again. And then they moved up. They were in the first division. Um, And then I decided, like, it's time for me to leave Israel. (laughs) (laughs) That was leave on a high note. Leave on a high note. Yeah, yeah. And and not only that, so I I had some tragedy uh, in my life. Uh, My girlfriend was murdered uh, over there. And they actually thought it was me because mm-hmm. nobody knew what had happened. And, you know, the first thing they go for is the boyfriend, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was and that was during my championship run um, with that team. So after that, I felt like it was time for me to, like, you know, leave because uh, it was hard to stay there and and deal with all of that. Um, that was that was real tough for me. Uh, during that time and mm-hmm. then I ended up uh, after burying her I ended up burying my dad uh, mm. in 2008 and uh, then I realized I'm like you know what because I, I hadn't touched back LA since then and I was like I don't want to be here like there's nothing in LA for me anymore so I ended up going to Argentina and Argentina man that was that was probably the hardest basketball I ever dealt with mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they're so skilled mm-hmm. and so physical all in one. I had never <laughs> dealt with that. It was either you deal with the physicality or you deal with the skill, but they were so skilled and so physical. It was like, it was an eye opener for me. And That's I sick. ended up getting, 
I ended up getting MVP that season. Okay. I led was was Sam Clancy over there at that time? Sam was there. Okay, okay, okay. I ended up getting uh I ended up getting MVP and uh and I led in points and rebounds the oh, whole wow. league. And uh that that right there kind of solidified me and re- I realized I could go anywhere and pretty much dominate, especially if you give me a second year. My first yeah. year I'm filling out everything, but if I get a second year, I'm pretty much gonna <laughs> be top five or I'm winning a championship. Like that's pretty much how it went for me. And I, I ended you. up playing I ended up playing in uh Argentina for six years. But during that time, like during the summertime, I'd go to Dominican Republic or I'd go to Puerto Rico. And keep hooping. Right, right, yeah, right, right. Or right, I'd right, go to right. Mexico. So I never really stopped probably for like six years straight. Mm. I did I didn't stop. Israel was my hub because my uh my wife was Israeli and uh I would just go back and forth, back and forth. And then I retired in uh, 2015. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was in, uh, I, I played in Chile for two years. Okay. And then I ended up going back to Kosovo. I played in Kosovo in 2010 and won a championship. Okay. Uh, I ended up going. <laughs> you I won a up, lot of championships, I'll tell you that. I, I won six. I won, okay, I won six okay. championships. I have uh, two gold medals, three mm-hmm. silver medals, and two bronze. And Man, a lot of cool. a lot of MVPs, a lot of <laughs> a lot of scoring. I, I held a scoring title for so many years in China before it was broken by uh, Chris Heron. You remember yeah, him? Yeah, 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 from Fresno State. Yeah, I held a scoring title for over 10 years, I think. I scored 69 in China. And then in Israel, I held it for quite some time, too. I had 52 on 84% shooting. <laughs> like, it was oh wild. Gosh, and, and the funny thing, you know what the funny thing is? Like, when I tell this stuff, you know, people think it's fabricated, but I'm like, go look it up and then you'll see. Like, I was just super efficient. I didn't take bad right. shots. Like, right, 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 right. This is how I was. I And I didn't take threes. I wasn't a three-point shooter like that. Like, in high school, I was a three-point shooter. When I got over college and all, and I started dunking and doing all that, I three-point was not even in my vocabulary. No, I got you. I got you. <laughs> it just wasn't that, but... Man, I, I've had a blessed career because the only bad thing, what I realized was NBA wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was supposed to be a world traveler. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I got my uh, I got my validation in the NBA, playing in the Drew League and playing in the real run because winning championships – in the Drew and winning championship in the real run, playing against all of these pros, you know, and I was one of the main main focal points. I was averaging like 22, 23. So it was always like, okay, I don't need the NBA, but everybody knows probably I'm one of those that got away. Right, 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 I'm going to be a world traveler, and I'm just going to enjoy this till the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, like I said, that's a straight blessing, man. 
You know what I'm saying? Like the fact no that you played for so no yeah, surgery, no. no no real injury. I don't really consider the broken hand an injury. And the foot thing was something that healed after like a month's time. Um, but like for for the style that I was, like a lot of people don't know this, and it's crazy that I'm about to tell you this. Right. I didn't stretch. I didn't <laughs> drink water. I did <laughs> I used to eat McDonald's before the game. Like, <laughs> man, I was the epitome of an athlete when it came to this stuff. And still today, I'm the same way. Like, nice. I don't stretch right now. <laughs> my stretch is like, my stretch is like, go shoot some jumpers, get right. a couple of layups, and I'm ready mm -hmm. to go. I don't want to be on the floor stretching and doing like, that'll just make me start all over again. Okay. 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 I got so you. It, it became crazy. And like throughout my career, the coaches would allow me to do this because they saw how hard I practiced, how hard I worked in the games right? and the outcome of it. So they're like, you do you do yeah. whatever you gotta do to get ready. And, uh, you know, let's go to work. And oh, it's just crazy because I had I had so many players be like, man, wait until you hit 30. Your career gonna be over because you know, <laughs> stretch, you don't drink no water. And I was like, look, I told him, I was like, look, if my career makes it to 30, that's 10 good years. I'm happy with that shit. Right, 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 right. right. As it kept on going and kept on going, people were just looking like, yo, you're a freak of nature. Like this. Right, is no, yeah. Yo, that, that is crazy, bro. Straight up. Crazy. Anybody who was close to me, anybody you talk to, they'll tell you. Even even uh, my young guys now that's on my team, they're like, how the hell do you just come out and dunk the ball and you don't stretch and you don't do nothing? <laughs> you, you know what I think it is, Trap? Remember, when we, when we were younger and we played with the pros, you couldn't stretch. They'd be like, Alex, get on the floor. I got to get on the floor and play, right? Right, right. away. It's not like, oh, let me stretch first. Let, magic, let me stretch first and then let me get on the floor. Nah, I had to you get on the floor. You got to be ready, so, right? Yeah, no, you're right, you're I was, right. I was always ready, and that's how, I, that's how I always was. Like, this game, man, I don't know. This game just, it does things to you. No, I feel you, bro. Okay, so based on your experience, what would be the best advice for the next generation of Hoopers, uh, the next generation of Alex? The, the next generation, my best advice would be respect your elders in this game and listen to us because mm -hmm. we know what we're talking about. This young generation feels like, uh, like we haven't done this before. What they don't realize is we paved the way for them. Could yeah. you imagine if we had social media during our era? Do you know yeah. how many players would have probably made the league at that point? That's true. That's true. That's true. Like, so we didn't have social media and we didn't have, like, the only games you would see on, on, on TV would be maybe Shea Cotton or a Baron Davis game. It's not like you're seeing high school games on TV. Like we read in the papers, Travis Reed had 32 and 15 points. Alex had 20. And so yeah. like, don't disrespect 
the the elders of the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would be my biggest advice. And uh, I know that I know that the the game has changed with all of these threes. Yep. But you can't win a championship without a mid range assassin. I can agree with that. And if you go look back five years, we could even say 10 years, every team has had a mid-range assassin to win a championship. Right. Like all the threes look great, but how many times have we seen Houston when they were nothing but a three-point shooting team just go straight cold <laughs> and then they had, the, and they couldn't do anything. Right. Like I, I understand that everybody's being taught the three or whatnot, but don't forget, that mid-range because that changes the game. I agree. I mean, look, when Golden State was winning back-to-back, -back, they had Kevin Durant. He was the mid-range. Exactly. Uh, you know what I'm Middleton saying? Middleton, when, when, uh, when Milwaukee won. Yeah, Middleton when, was a mid-range. Uh, exactly. Even, even Golden State last year, I would say maybe uh, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, Wiggins is like mid, more mid range, mid post. More mid range, but you even saw like you even see like Clay and them taking the mid range during right. the playoffs more than just shooting the three. When you go oh, back yeah. to when you go back to looking at um, Cleveland, uh, what's name was the mid range assassin? Uh, Kyrie. Yeah, he just so crafty. When you look at Dallas, Dirk was the mid range king. Like. Agreed. Like no, no. Agreed. Agree with you. You know what I'm saying? So, I definitely, I definitely feel like that that in between game is big. You know what I'm saying? It, it's huge. It's yep. huge for so mm -hmm. many reasons because when you shoot a three, you don't go for your offensive rebound. It might <laughs> come back to you if you don't already back up because you think you've missed or you made it. But when you shoot a mid-range, you could get to your rebound. And that's, that's why true. I used to. I used to get so many offensive rebounds from my mid-range shot because I knew where it was coming off, if it was coming off. Right, 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 right. I got you. So what would be your best advice? Uh, not best advice, I'm sorry. What was the best thing about being overseas in any country compared to the States? The best thing, it made me appreciate the States a mm -hmm. lot more. Watching okay. the living, like I, I was definitely uh, uh, a watcher in the mm -hmm. country that I was in because most of the time it was language barriers. Of course, so of course. I would, um, I would just uh, look, and I'd be like, "Damn, you know what? I I'm starting to appreciate home a lot more mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you get out there, and I feel like I feel like even." non-athletic people should take a trip you know before you start uh, college take a trip out somewhere and you'll really start to appreciate home a lot more that's true man like i said i think uh you know you do appreciate home when you're overseas when i was overseas it was like nobody i felt like they they were the difference between overseas and here is like they took their time. Like so at two o'clock or one thirty in the afternoon, they were out and having a coffee in the middle of Times Square kind of thing where 
If you in LA or New York, you just constantly going. You're just constantly you know, going, yeah. Going, you know what I'm saying? And so like in Europe, they really, really, really slow down and just enjoy whatever it is, whatever kind of life they have. You know what I'm saying? And in South America, they they do siestas. Like we we literally shut it down. Like they shut down the whole city, let you sleep for like two, three hours, and then they go back to work. <laughs> that's crazy man that's straight that up crazy was, that was wild but you know what it made it started to make sense and i think that's why i take my little naps or whatnot because r- realize you could be having a bad morning you you come home to your family you take a nice sleep and then you go back out it's like a whole new day like that bad morning can turn into a great day that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the reason why they, they really do that. Like Argentina, they siesta. Uruguay, they siesta. Like mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it's a big thing in uh, South America. Okay. All right. Well, Alex, man, I, bro, like I said, your, your, your journey is crazy, bro. Like I said, I appreciate you coming on, my bro, for real. Um, I think, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people are going to be listening to your story and be like, damn, you know what I'm saying? This dude, he, he didn't did it. He is super successful. He didn't did it. Um, I appreciate you coming on, bro. I got one more question and then we're going to wrap it up. All right. Um, at one point of your career, you know what I'm saying? We all go through low points in life, you know, whether it was overseas or whatever the case is, you had a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. So to get out of that low point or low place, how did you get out? How did you get out of it? Was it with yourself? Was it with your family? Was it with anything else? How did you get out of that low point? Man, I I've had so many low points that I think I, I'm I must have got out of it with the grace of God. Dude. I don't mm-hmm. really know. Uh Basketball has always been like my my happy place. Mm-hmm. So when I step in those, you know, when I step in that rectangle, uh, every my mind clears, and I think that that's the only way I could have really gotten out of all of these like mm-hmm. low points. You that's just a- you got to find your happy place. At, at some point, it was my wife that uh, you know got me out of my happy place. Mm-hmm. Uh, most mm-hmm. of the time, it was. It was that round ball at the end of the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I think everybody used, you know, like God first and then, like I said, like who is a salvation, man. Yeah. Definitely a salvation for a lot of us to kind of, you know, that can be our escape from life, from everything, from those 40 minutes, 48 minutes, whatever the case is. Yeah, for you sure. Know you know what I'm saying? So, but like I said, Alex, man, I appreciate you coming on. Please let the people know where they can find you. Oh, man, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Carks. Uh You can find me on Facebook on my name, but uh, I'm not trying to be found. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, like I said, if you want to follow him, go ahead. But <laughs> I had to put it out there just in case he wanted people to know where he was at. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's still hooping, y'all. He's still... In Belize hooping. So like he yeah. ain't really tripping. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you, you he might he might add you, but most likely he won't. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, uh I'm about to head back on Tuesday to play four big games. Okay, okay. How long is the fight to Belize? 
like five and a half hours, like oh, two, hours, two and a half hours to Dallas and two hours from Dallas to Belize. Oh, that ain't bad at all. I, I was not in know for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you, big, big bro. I appreciate you coming on. Um, you can follow me at Travis W. Reed. It's R-E-E-D, Travis W. on Instagram, Travis W. Reed on Facebook. Um, I post all my social media and everything on there. I have my link tree on, on Instagram where I have individual episodes such as this one up. You can check it out. Click the link. Listen to the show on Spotify. Or I might put, you know, I have the YouTube ones as well. So you can look at those as well. Uh, today's the first time I'm not wearing that Travis Reed Athletes Journey merch, even though you can still DM me or message me. I actually have my other shirt, T Reed, T Reed shirts, which I have a lot of those too. I'll probably end up sending Alex one so we can rock it, you know what I'm saying? Be, be my male model, you know what I'm saying? He has that male model look. <laughs> <laughs> um, to keep growing, keep grinding on the back. I know you can't see it, but uh, yeah, so keep pushing, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna keep this show rolling, keep it going. I appreciate you, Alex, bro. You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk again soon. For sure, for sure, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.